God made us each different and unique on purpose. God is glorified through a bunch of different like people who are together in the worship of him as Lord and Savior. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. When so much divides us, our guest today, Dr. Esau McCauley, has found that there is one thing that is always true. God can do his best work in any place, at any time, in any culture. It is something that God has been doing all along, of course, from the very beginnings of the church. Let me read to you from the story in the Jesus Storybook Bible called God Sends Help. Peter spoke in a loud voice so everyone could hear. Jesus died for you, he said, because he loves you. But God made him alive again. He has rescued you. People stopped and listened. The words sank down deep into their hearts and worked like a medicine that makes you well, like the antidote to a deadly poison, like a kiss that wakes you from a deep sleep. Stop running away from God, Peter said. Run to him instead, so he can love you and make you free. And then Peter told them the wonderful story of God's love. God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking always and forever love. How Jesus had come, all that had happened. There were lots of people from faraway countries in Jerusalem. They couldn't speak the same language at all, but as they listened to Peter, everyone could understand what Peter was saying in their own languages. Many people believed and became Jesus's new friends and helpers. And the wonderful news of Jesus spread like sparks from a fire to villages, towns, cities. Every day, more and more people believed. And so it was that the family of God's children, his special people grew. Dr. Esau McCauley is an author and Associate Professor of New Testament at Wheaton College. He's the contributing opinion writer for the New York Times. His writings have appeared in The Atlantic, The Washington Post, Christianity Today. His research and writing focus on Pauline theology and the intersection of race, Christian identity, and the pursuit of justice. Dr. McCauley has traveled the world with his wife, who is a Navy reservist. But no matter where he's gone, he has seen God show up with his never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love in every corner of the globe, in the universal fellowship that exists across cultures. Fun fact for you, Esau studied under N.T. Wright at St. Andrews in Scotland. N.T. Wright, that eminent theologian, has some very good quotes, and so I couldn't resist. Here are some of my favorites. Quote, when God wants to change the world, he doesn't send in tanks. He sends the poor and the meek, end quote. 
and this one. Quote, love is not just tolerance. It's not just distant appreciation. It's a warm sense of, I am enjoying the fact that you are you, end quote. Esau shares how we are all made in God's image, different on purpose, different by design, beautiful in all our differences. He shares eloquently about how grateful he is to have grown up in the black church and how it has equipped him and empowered him through the particular struggles to be able to function as a Christian no matter where he finds himself. I'm so honored to have Esau share his wisdom with us on the show. I'm so grateful for his voice of gentleness and humility and generosity, and I can't wait for you to hear from him. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Dr. Esau McCauley. I grew up in a majority black church, black Baptist church. I spent time in Anglican churches. I've lived in, oh, countless amounts of states in the United States, both in the South, the Midwest, and on the East Coast, both in New England and in upstate New York. I lived in Japan. I've lived in um, the United Kingdom, particularly Scotland, and now we're back in the United States. And one of the things that has been a, a tremendous encouragement to me is that across all regions of the country and even different parts of the world, there's something about followers of Jesus. You know, the people who take it seriously, we recognize one another. And so that's actually been a, a, a tremendous encouragement. In other words, the Jesus who I worship is not a different God than the Jesus who is worshipped in Japan or the Jesus who's worshipped among Bible believers in Scotland. And, and so in that sense, I've been surprised, or not surprised, encouraged by the universal fellowship that, that, that exists across culture. But I, I've also come to recognize and further appreciate the unique ways in which the Black church has equipped me to be a Christian in different places. Historically, the Black church in America didn't have a lot of power. And so the Black church learned how to be Christians without a lot of cultural power. And we also learned how to be Christian in the face of really deep disappointment. So we saw how other Christians didn't always live out their professed beliefs. They claimed to be Christians, but they supported slavery, they supported Jim Crow, they supported segregation. And so as I've gone to places like Japan, where Christians are 1% of the culture and they don't have any political or cultural power, I understand that experience. And so there's a kinship there. How do you be a Christian in a country where you're not in charge of anything and nobody cares about what the Christians have to say? The other thing that's been helpful for me is that when I've come back into the United States, and a lot of people are, are, are talking about the rapid secularization in the United States and how Christians are losing influence and all of this and all of that. And I was like, well, black Christians never had a lot of power. And we learned how to follow Jesus. Other people are discouraged by some of the corruption that they see in the church. And I say, if you think that you see corruption in the church now, imagine coming to Jesus and trying to argue with your fellow Christians that they shouldn't be enslaving other black and brown people. And so there are ways in which, as much as I'm appreciative of the global church and the ways in which we worship the same Jesus across time and across culture, I'm also thankful for the ways in which the particular struggles of the Black church have equipped me to be able to function as a Christian in other places. Everywhere you go, you see the work of Christ in individual lives, and it's beautiful. We sometimes get in this rush to get somewhere and accomplish something. When we think about goals, we often think about like accomplishments instead of character development. 
And so when I was going through those things, you know, my wife was in the military. This is why we moved from place to place to place. And I was like, well, why, why can't we stay somewhere? Like, why can't we be in one place and I can just be like all of my friends who are starting their careers. They all seem more successful than me because every three years I'm starting over. And at first it was frustrating. And then we finally get out of the military and I'm foolish enough to decide to go and do a PhD in the United Kingdom. And I said, why are we doing this? When I was in Scotland, I would celebrate like a daily Eucharist, a communion service. And the people who would come there were mostly elderly people at this point. And and towards the end, there was like five to seven of us and we would have these um, services every day. I was at the time in my late thirties and everybody there was like 80 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, what can I say about Jesus to these people who've been Christians for 60 years that they don't already know? And I, I, I felt the full inadequacy of articulating the goodness of God to these people. But I realized they didn't need me to tell them about God. They just need me to be a, 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 a a servant to them in that season. But now I see how in each one of those places, God was using that location to teach me something about himself and about his people. And so I guess what I would say is that I've learned um, across time and across culture that God, that the gospel does beautiful work and allows people from every tribe, tongue, and nation in Europe, in Japan, and in the United States. My kid's book is called Josie Johnson's Hair and the Holy Spirit. During the height of the pandemic, my wife deployed. Um, she was she was a Navy reservist and she deployed for nine months. And during those nine months, it was me and the four kids. And so one of the things that happened during the pandemic is that I would take, but even before that, I'll take my daughter to get her hair braided. Um, at a beauty shop and we would just talk about when we were sitting there at the beauty shop we just talk about life and so the story is about a fictional father who takes his daughter to a beauty shop um, on the weekend before um, before pentecost and he, he talks to her about her identity because in the in the in the um, book as in my in real life the daughter goes to a largely white school and she's black and so she sometimes feels different her hair is different her skin's different and so it talks about how god made her black and beautiful on purpose as one manifestation of god's creativity and one of the things that kids do is that when kids they don't understand difference they tend to rank it and so they kind of go, this is different, this is bad. And I want to say, well, no, God didn't like prefer one group over the other. He, he made us all in his image and we each in our own way reflect his glory. And the whole point of the book is to say that God made us each different and unique on purpose. And that God is glorified through a bunch of different like people who are together in the worship of him as Lord and Savior. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, 
always and forever, love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.